and welcome to Bone Zone, the podcast where we talk about bones and do do on a bone. I am one of your hosts, Jack Smith, along with me, the delightful Zen Lu. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're switching it up again, and you're telling me the story. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Because we are all about fairness on this podcast. Yes. You had to do it last time, so I'm doing it this time. I, I, you did not have to. I but. felt obligated, um, and I agree with you. We should never do this again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was a really solid episode. Oh, good. But I don't think you missed anything, if that okay. makes sense. Like, Perfect. it was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Hit on a lot of the common themes we enjoy from Great. Bones. Great. But it's... a it, it doesn't really stick in the mind, and we're fine moving on without it. Okay. Of note, there's a cat, so if you hear cat meowing, sorry, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're recording in my apartment today, and um, my cat, Lucy, is a real nosy person. Mm-hmm. She loves people. But yes, okay. So I felt a lot of nervousness. I'm going to just say that up front about... I don't know why. ...faithfully retelling the story because I felt suddenly a lot of pressure. Because if we had both watched it, it would be like, you know, we're both partially responsible for really sharing our feelings and, like, reactions and, you know, representing the episode in all of its ridiculous glory. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's all on me. I can't fuck up. So... No pressure. I probably went overboard... You're fine. I have a 30-slide deck here for you. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many reference photos for you. I love it. All right, get ready, guys. This is... I spent more time on this than my PhD defense. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I feel more pressure than I did in my defense. Here's the thing. I... Because I was figuring out... I did not know how long it was going to take. I didn't know how I was going to do it. If I had had more time... Not that I didn't have time, but like because it felt kind of rushed I, I might have had the same so like I don't think you're crazy I appreciate that we are good enough friends that you probably saw this coming from a mile away you were like Zen has that in her well, to go you, overboard you I know present Zen and then there's past Zen which right. sounds like a very different person from the Zen that yes. I know past Zen was irresponsible and a nightmare <laughs> and you couldn't get her to do anything current Zen is way more intense you're an so overachiever what this PowerPoint will represent to you and convey to our listeners is that current Zen has no chill <laughs> <laughs> so anyway I'm gonna put this in presentation mode I love it I love that for a podcast this entire episode is gonna hinge on my PowerPoint presentation listen I'm gonna put it up on Instagram I put the other one up on Instagram. oh you did I didn't oh. put all of the photos on there but I put the most important ones. I'll send you the file Perfect. immediately afterwards can't wait get ready for <gasps> season one episode 16 of bones the woman in the tunnel um I am automatically in love with this uh what do you call it powerpoint like template yes it's amazing i can't take credit for it it's so i literally it hurts my bones it's just in the automatic design options but you picked a doozy and i thank you i thought you would appreciate it okay the one in the tunnel like i said up front perfectly serviceable episode perfect we begin bones booth and (gasps) zach are in their Jeffersonian jumpsuits. I love it. And wearing headlamps and spelunking <gasps> down this dark vertical shaft with pipes that are basically everywhere around them. And this is so the picture I'm showing you right now. Yes. 
So immediately I was angry. And I was like, this is not a good way to start the episode. I can't be angry. Literally... 15 seconds in, I became furious Why did because, you not? okay, so you see, it's like, it's a kind of a clever way of shooting it, but yeah, like you totally. see their feet come into view mm-hmm. and then you just hear Bones go, where are we? And Booth goes, well, apparently this is an access shaft to an underwater aqueduct that's cool. never been activated. And Bones is like, no, I mean, where are we geographically? And Booth is like, what? oh, Wisconsin. And so right away, Wait, I was like, what? Did he kidnap her? Right. I was Put like, a did bag they? Over her head and then. That is like exactly <laughs> what I said. I was like, did they fucking throw a bag of her head and shove her into the trunk of her car and then bring her here? I was so confused. Surely you had the same airplane tickets to get yes. to Wisconsin. They all drove here together. I don't oh, look. Anyway, I was mad. And then I was like, this is not good. If my blood pressure is at this level at 30 seconds in, I'm not going to make it through the rest of this episode without having an aneurysm. So I need to take a fucking chill pill. And then the other funky thing was like, I kept rewinding this first 15 seconds mm. because they must have done that thing where like, they realize there's missing um, story in the beginning. So they have the actor kind of like record a VO later because when Boots face came into view and he was saying all those things, his lips weren't moving, but the (laughs) voice was there. And then it also didn't sound like exactly like his voice. So I thought there was a fourth person in the scene who was talking to bones. But then by the time the camera finally pans all the way up to see all three of them in full view, I was like, there's no fourth person. So I was like, the only other person that was talking to her could have been the only person that could have been is booth. Mm. So I literally rewound the first like one minute minute like 30 times to be like is there a mystery man here and like no it's booth and i was like did they have the actor david boreanaz record this or was this a random voice actor because it doesn't even sound like boreanaz i yeah i was like what the okay look we've spent far too much time this is 15 seconds in it's fine i was like bamboozled that is really dumb it was weird and i was like you should have done better than that guys and there's no excuse for bad yeah and this is just the cold open this is the part that no one's supposed to care about (laughs) you're supposed to just watch this and move on and i was stuck on it it is i do appreciate that it's an interesting you know new way to show them entering a crime scene yes it's usually they're just walking over grass or something yeah like i like the way they shot it because you just kind of like you're in this dark era you just see their feet hanging and you're mm-hmm. like huh and it slowly pans up to their bodies and you're like cool anyway so the point is they're in the shaft because it leads down to this underground maze of tunnels the mm-hmm. aqueduct that booth was talking about and they've been called there because some city workers are working down there and found next slide this disgusting pile of remains being actively eaten by a rat colony oh that's what i'm seeing so fucking gross it's like completely scattered yes it's grim so (laughs) bones sees this she sees all the rats on the remains and she turns to booth and she's like hey can i have your gun and booth is like what why and she gets really weird and indignant. She's like, okay, I'm not going to shoot anyone, I promise. We've been working together for months. A little trust would be nice. It's only been months? Apparently. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But she was like, a little trust would be nice. And so I was like, oh, please, but, you psycho. <laughs> but based on the television that I've watched and purely that, yeah, whenever a cop or like an FBI agent or whatever discharges their weapon, yeah. 
they have to like be investigated and there's a report and all this stuff. So she can't just be like willy nilly shooting a bunch of rats. Also, maybe just leave them alone. You know, they're going to run away as soon as you get near them. She like a real like, yeah, we've discussed this so many times before. She always acts like she's entitled to or owed a gun, even though she is not an official law enforcement person and has never done any training. We have no reason to believe she actually knows how to responsibly fire a gun. And I feel like that actually kind of goes against her personality. She seems like someone who would be almost a pacifist. Yeah. Like, why are you so into guns? Also, just get your own fucking <laughs> yeah, gun. Yeah, why she's so raring to always get a gun There's in her hand. There's no need. <laughs> if she wants a gun, she, she, she can just get her own gun. Exactly. Anyway, you exactly guessed it. So Booth, like a moron, gives her his no. gun. And then like an idiot who's literally never had to work an active crime scene before, she shoots like 10 bullets straight into the pile of remains to scare off the rats and kill some of them. And then... What? But then you're... Sh- like, <laughs> what? This... So I'm showing you a picture right now. The look on Booth's bones. face yes. is my face. of just like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? This is a picture of Bones destroying an active crime scene as if she's never had to solve a murder and before. like if it the bullets hit the bones right like you fucking idiot precisely what if it hits, like what if this person was stabbed to death your right. bullet happens to what hit if, the one place where the, like the knife was yes and now you fucked it up their entire job is being like there's an abrasion here yeah what if the person was shot to death and then now throw you have, down the shaft now you'll never know because you just emptied your entire clip into this body or now you're investigating it they were shot to death but now you have to explain why there are two different types of like bullet right. wounds it's just extra it's work it's his fucking gun also what is this light there because it's like an underground tunnel so somebody went down in advance and like set up a bunch of lights i guess but why does it look like a lava lamp because they want it to be cool and futuristic i mean you got me but it does. yes here's a close-up <laughs> I zoomed in on Boots' face as he realizes he's working with a complete fucking moron. And then she gives the gun back to him and she's like, now they'll eat each other and they'll leave our remains alone. Like she's like some fucking genius. And everyone, the rest of us watching this, Booth included, are like, is this her first day on the job? Or you could just toss a fucking bologna sandwich and they'd probably go for it too. Or just walk up to him and go, shoo, scatter. Oh, and Booth, just exactly like you said, he's super pissed. And he's like, you know, I have to file a report for the review board for every single bullet that gets discharged from my weapon. She's the worst. I'm indignant. <laughs> I'm so glad I missed this, this episode. This cold open Because I would have been fucking furious. <laughs> now you know why it took me so long to oh get through the episode. Because I was God. like, what the fuck is happening? Anyway, she crouches down next to the remains. She's like, okay. It's a pile of bones like that. Because basically the body completely shattered upon impact. Falling down this really long shaft. The bones are super fucked. So I guess maybe it almost doesn't matter that she just emptied a clip of bullets into it. Whatever. <laughs> um... Then, while she's like sitting there crouching around it and Booth is crouching around it with her, in the distance she sees a shadowy figure running down the dark tunnel because they're in this oh, underground maze of tunnels. Okay. So she just gets up and starts running after him and Booth is screaming after her like, what the fuck? You, Bones, you can't just run off like that. He literally catches up to her and he's like, hey, you can't just go running after men alone in the dark. And Bones doesn't even acknowledge him. She doesn't say anything like, oh, sorry, or whatever. She's just like did you notice how he didn't need a light to run around down here? He knew exactly where he was going. He must live down here. I mean, it's a fair and decent observation. Right. But like the way in which she got to it was unnecessary. She didn't. Not to mention she had just been, they had just, she had just had three different attempts on her life in the previous episode. Like literally the last three or four episodes, 
just constant attempts on her life. She hasn't learned anything. And you are endangering him after he was also just blown up by your refrigerator. And because when she does that, he's forced to run after her Mm -hmm. too. It's not like it's just her life. It's also him. He has to run after her. Whatever. (laughs) I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. So we're back at the lab. (laughs) (laughs) And for the listeners, I found a a really great video of like silly skeletons doing a dance. And so I use screenshots of the video that um, to just indicate we're back at the lab. This is already so much better than mine. I'm so <laughs> thrilled by this. You're so great. I'm loving every this second of it. This is how you know you're like, ooh, she she likes to make slides too much. <laughs> but I also enjoyed, like, I it's get like it. the bookishness in yeah. me, you know. I like it's like it's like seventh grade, you know, history class yeah, all yeah, over yeah. again. I get to do a book report on something or like oh, yeah. do a report on some historical if that, thing. If my job could be doing book reports, I'd love it. Yeah. Um, so I'm geeking out. Anyway, so <laughs> they're back at the lab. Hodgins, of course, has a major boner for this mysterious man living underground because he's like, oh, my God, what if he's one of the mole people? I mean, to be fair, I have read a book about mole people. And oh, wait. Fascinating. So you're super well versed in the mole people. Kind of. OK, I had only heard the phrase in passing and I realized it might even just be because of this show, this episode from the show. I had no knowledge of the mole people. Mm-hmm. Care to share anything? So, I mean, the book I read, I think the woman who wrote it was, I can't remember. It might have just been called The Mole People. Oh, boy. Um, I, she, it was written in the, like, the mid-90s by a woman who at the time was, like, in her early 20s. Like, she was very young. Okay. And um, she uh, kind of befriended people, and then they could take her down. It was based in New York City, and she went down into, like, subway tunnels abandoned subway tunnels and stuff and was meeting these mole people do you want to hear a story about it wait it's <laughs> a real detour no totally but i'm gonna say like um this is the beginning of what you're describing right now is not dissimilar to this episode mm. and i feel like bones does sometimes do a sort of like a riff from the headlines type stuff so mm. maybe this is one of those things so um and one story there's a guy who had like uh like tripwire everywhere <gasps> um and i believe he was a veteran and um had some mental illnesses oh there's one where she went down to the sky she was brought down introduced to this man um who was like my invis my friend george or whatever and she was like okay um because a lot of people have been through horrible traumas etc yeah, and so they might have mental illnesses and whatnot um and so he this guy I don't remember the guy's name. We'll call him Jeff. Jeff, um, he kills a rat and he uh, cooks it and eats it. And she's talking to him and he's like, my friend George really, really likes you, blah, blah, blah. And so she, you know, talks to him and everything. Um, And it's going to end badly. As she leaves, she hears another voice. But even though she didn't see anyone down there the entire time, aside from Jeff, there was a guy down there. He, she just never saw him. And so the end of the book, because um, it's just going through, it was very interesting, um, but the end of the book, she befriended a guy, um, and he was like, you can go anywhere, but this is my tunnel. You do not go into this tunnel. And of course, she ends up going into it, and she sees the end of, like, two guys fighting i believe like a gun goes off 
or something. Um, and she isn't sure if this guy, we'll call him David, if David had actually seen her or not. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I think she had been doing this for a while. So she was familiar with the community. The community was familiar with her. And they were like, yo, David's fucking pissed. And she's like, ooh. Um, and then she goes back to her apartment building and spray painted on the elevator is, I can't re- remember <gasps> what he wrote, but basically like, e- like you were in my fucking tunnel. Like I saw you, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay. And so she was like, uh-oh. And she immediately moved out. Within like two weeks, she was out. Yeah. Because he knew Oh, Jesus, I thought liked. this was going to end in a brutal murder. I'm no. sort of relieved. Because no. this was really... She was just like, nope, this guy's for real. I saw something okay. I shouldn't have. And mole people are real. <laughs> I'm sorry I scared you. It's just you. <laughs> I mean... It was a fascinating book um, that was quite sad, but... Yeah. Also very interesting. Well... I have to say, you have all of the real world knowledge of what this episode is trying to, I guess, sort of spoof mm. in a way. So you'll feel very at home with this, mm. I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. So, right. We're back at the lab with the remains. Yes. Hodgins we, is fascinating. Hodgins by the is like, mole ooh, mole yeah. people. Yes. We get a ton of info about the victim right away. Um, so she had a pin in her knee from mm-hmm. a skiing injury. So they they can use the serial number right. to ID her. So they know she's a 24-year-old woman named Marnie. Mm-hmm. She was a documentary filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, her fiancé had reported her missing 10 days ago. And then even though the entire remains were like completely fucking shattered from the fall, her mm-hmm. tibias are crushed in a way that they believe she must have fell feet first. Mm-hmm. But oh. that isn't what killed her because Ugh. they noticed that there's like another... Um, a sign of traumatic injury on her skull that's not consistent with gotcha. her fall. So the other thing is her nails are completely clean, which they think means she was either unconscious or dead when she fell because mm-hmm. apparently it's very instinctual. Like if you're falling, you'll start to grab at like what's around you oh, to try okay. and like stop yep. your fall. And obviously her nails were clean and undisturbed. So mm-hmm. they think she just Boom, some, either done. something. She yep. was unconscious or dead. So this brings us to... Suspect number one, <gasps> Phil, the fiance, who is also AKA, yeah, what's his face, Roy from the Roy office. From the office. Oh, look at him, Roy. Early days, of Roy's career. Yeah. So they're questioning him, and they're suspicious because it took him two days to report her missing. Mm. But he's all like, she gets really wrapped up in her work. You know, she'd be gone for days at a time. I didn't realize. Um, it turns out her latest project was about the maze of tunnels <gasps> below that city oh. and the people living down there. Gotcha. So Bones is super pumped because she's like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's a fully functioning shadow society, you know, and anthropology. She's an anthropologist, so she's got a real boner for she's it. She's got so. a real academic, you know, thing for it. Mm-hmm. So he had brought in, Phil had brought in some of Marnie's like raw footage from what she was working on. And Her they name see, is Marnie? Yeah. Okay. Um, and they see in the videos... Um, a social worker named Helen and mm-hmm. she's like working with the mole people mm-hmm. and one guy in particular named Harold mm-hmm. Bones recognizes Harold and she's like that's the man I saw running in the tunnels when we were looking at the body okay so obviously Booth and Bones have to go check all this shit out which brings us to suspect two <laughs> Helen <laughs> the social worker <laughs> they find her in the tunnels she flat out tells them like she was not a fan of Marnie. She thought Marnie was exploiting these people and oh. really invading their privacy by like poking around down there and videotaping them and trying to basically make money off of them, gotcha. which is like, yeah, fair. 
Um, she also makes a point to say a lot that like it's hard to get to know the people in this community because they're hiding down there for a reason. Of course. Reasonable. Um, we learn that Harold basically runs this underground society. Gotcha. Um, and Marnie apparently called him the mayor of Moletown, which okay. actually does kind of make her sound a little bitchy. Uh, yep. So Helen clearly is like annoyed at Marnie for that nickname in general and mm-hmm. just thinks she's like full of shit, like pretending like she cares about these people, but clearly just, just you know, exploiting them. Exploiting yeah. them. Um, so she's like very defensive of them and she's like, okay, they have rights. They don't have to talk to you, blah, 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 which, you know, made me immediately suspicious of Helen. I was like, what's Helen's Listen, deal? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as that picture popped up, I was like, ooh, Helen. <laughs> but in spite of, you know, all of her hemming and hawing, she does bring them to Harold. Okay. What now let me ask. Yes. When we initially see, uh, when Bones sees the shadowy figure running. Yes. Is there any way, was she close enough that she could have seen this person's face? I don't understand how she could have. Because it was in the distance. And as you saw from the picture I showed you up front, they only had those like few pillar lights to like light the area around the remains. She literally would have just seen the outline of a human being running. They didn't even show it on screen, to be honest. You just see like a really you just see like a dark figure mm-hmm. i it could have been anyone because it, it's like such a blobby figure right. i don't know how she knows okay. it's harold great but we suspend our disbelief and i guess we carry on of course we're very strong <laughs> we're so brave <laughs> <laughs> so suspect number three harold mm-hmm. so booth and bones are trying to question him because they think you know at the very least he must have seen something with marnie because otherwise why was he like loitering around her body and bullshit like that but he's very um suspicious of them he doesn't want to talk to them and then booth this is like the thing we've been noticing the last couple episodes Mm. he's like lost his ability to like interview people properly and he immediately loses his temper and bones has to be like will you fucking stop it and calm down for a second like because booth starts moving towards him like hey man you gotta talk to us and she's like yo chill treat him with respect he's important and then booth goes important he lives in a cardboard box Like a real fucking asshole. Yeah. And then Bones is even like, okay, I mean, he's important down here. He has status in this society. So you have to treat him properly, which is also still a dickhead thing to say. Also, he's just a human being. Right. He clearly has a fucking person. No one who lives down here, like, wants to be there. Something has happened to force them there. Yeah. Fucking. Don't be a dick. They want to be down there, but you should feel empathy for why they're down there. Clearly, something happened. Most average people who've had, who've had really great you know cotton candy lives yeah. don't choose to live underground in tunnels yeah so it was real fucking dickish oh. um anyway it was super uncomfortable because they're basically having this conversation where bones is like chill like don't be such an asshole and booth is like he lives in a box and oh. it's like all happening in front of harold's face and you can oh, they no. show him like reacting to what they're saying yeah. and i'm like this is the worst <laughs> Um, anyway, so they're not getting far with him. So Booth is like poking around in his shit and he finds Marnie's camera, some of her clothes, and those clothes are covered in blood and bone fragments. Uh-oh. So they're like, what the fuck? And they basically drag him in for questioning. Mm-hmm. So in the interrogation room, we learn his tragic backstory. He is a vet. Okay. In fact, he used to be an army ranger, just like Oh, Booth. well, how about that, Booth? Because yeah. I was wondering, because in the... Um uh, screenshot you have there's a flag behind him yeah i wanted to be like this is a country that has that let has him down you yeah like that's surprising is this a fox thing <laughs> <laughs> but okay that fox makes... being like we support the troops yes. yeah 
Yeah. So okay. we find out, yes, he used to be an army ranger and Booth immediately tries to like glom onto that and be like, hey, we have this shared bond. I was a ranger. And Harold is like, no, no, no. He's like not having it. He's like, mm. oh, you think you know me because you used to be a ranger That's too? right, Harold. Right? Um, that. We discover he's plagued by guilt over all the people he killed when he was a soldier. So Booth has his file. Like he was able to like find out all the information on Harold. He's like, I see that like you killed people. Yeah, but you saved five of your men. Like mm. you actually were like a really good soldier. You did what you were supposed to do. You yeah. know, it's war. And Harold was like, yeah, but what I had to do was terrible. And then he tells this story of like in order to save those five of his men or whatever, mm-hmm. he had to shoot a pregnant woman who was holding a child in her arms. What? However, she was also holding a live grenade in her arms. Whatever. Okay. Yo, but this, to save, yeah, this no. show needs to it, fucking it relax. Took a real turn. Holy God. Then he goes on to describe that he shot this woman and the woman died right away, but the child took a while to die and he had to watch the child slowly die. So he killed a pregnant woman and a child. Yes. So it's really three total people yes. died. Yes. Oh um, my God. So he's clearly horribly traumatized. Yeah, um, fair. So, yeah, that's why he lives down in the fucking tunnels. Anyway, um, oh, ultimately, <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. God. Harold is, like, honestly, like, not treated right in this episode. No. But that's we'll get to it. But anyway, he tells them he basically he had noticed that Marnie hadn't been around in a couple of days and she was usually down there, obviously, for her documentary and stuff. So he went looking for her and that's when he saw her body and that's when they had seen him in the tunnels mm-hmm. so he took her camera and clothes because he thought he might sell them and he felt like marnie would want him to have them to sell them um and then he kind of let slip at the end like he gave marnie something that caused her death but he like immediately clams up and won't tell them what it was mm-hmm. he just keeps going i warned her mm-hmm. and so they of course have to forcibly detain him great because <laughs> like what else are you gonna do oh god so maybe it's best that you didn't watch this. <laughs> it sounds upsetting. It, there was a lot of emotions. Um, so we cut back to the lab. We're back. <laughs> There's an emotional montage of the squints working on Marty's remains. We mm. hear the solemn music in the background, oh, you know, a good it. acoustic guitar and a male vocalist. It's great. great. Um, Angela and Bones are taking a lunch break. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like very pensive and in their heads. And then Angela uses the opportunity to basically like confront Bones a little bit and draw parallels between her and Marnie. And she gives her a hard time for basically not being more careful. For example, when you ran after a fucking potential (laughs) murder in the fucking dark just then. And Angela says like, I wish you were more scared. And Bones is like, I'm careful, you know, like, but everyone knows she's not. Um, And Bones is also actually surprised that Booth even told Angela about it. So Mm. clearly like, it's like, we're almost reaching intervention levels. Like everyone's yeah. talking to each other about the fact that Bones is not being careful. Um, but so yeah, Angela comes across as like the reasonable person in the conversation. Totally. She's just like more and more of your work is outside of the lab, you know, just like Marnie mm-hmm. um, and Marnie ended up dead. you know. <laughs> and Bones <laughs> responds by being her usual irritating self and just like using like stupid facts and like fake analyses, or I guess you could say real analyses, but just like neither here nor there about the topic at hand to just kind of like spew facts about mole people and stuff to deflect yeah. the conversation. Um, this is Angela's face listening to Bones saying her dumb bullshit. She is over it. Totally. So to Angela's credit, she basically is just straight up called her out. She's like, 
I know this is what you do when things hit too close to home. You get all academic and analytical, but I want you to know Marnie probably did the exact same thing and now she's dead. Yeah, Angela, you're being a good friend. Yeah. And Bones is just like, no response. She has nothing. She can't say anything back to that because Angela's right. Just so you know, if you ever, if I ever see you go running after mole people, I will stop you and I will intervene. You will sit me down and have like a real serious talk about it. Yes. And then when I try to deflect with something about how like, Shadow societies are, you know, looked down upon because it's a symbol of what happens when you fail in society or something. I'd be like, I'll smack you across your face. Be like, you'll give me this look. Get it together. (laughs) Stop with the BS. (laughs) That being said, I thought Angela looked fucking great. Angela looks so good this episode. Her hair's on point. I can't see the rest of her outfit, but the necklace isn't terrible. Yeah. Both of them actually look quite good. Nice. Um, so yeah, anyway, Zach has reconstructed Marnie's skull. They notice there's like a piece missing from it, Mm. um, but everything else is there. And from the rest of it, they can tell there are like abrasions where the missing piece is, like around the area where the missing piece is that suggests a sharp pointed weapon. Um, they've also recovered an old medallion from among her stuff that has Mm. a, it's like super, super faded, but they can see the remnants of a Latin inscription on it. Mm -hmm. So they don't. A Latin. I thought you said Aladdin. And I was like, what? Yes. Um, Prince of Thieves. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. A Latin inscription. Street (laughs) rap. A whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're like, huh, what's this thing? Zach and Hodgins can't make heads or tails of it. They can't read it. So what do they got to do? Get Angela on of it, course. of course. Here we go. She takes like an x-ray of it or something. She like beep beep boops on her computer. Yep. Basically reveals what was actually on the medallion that was worn away. I don't know how that's even possible. This also just kind of looks like in design. <laughs> yes. I'm showing on the screen a screenshot of what was on her computer screen of like, like literally the front of the medallion was rubbed off but she could somehow scan it and mm-hmm. completely resolve the original image. Perfect. That's fine. When Dr. Goodman sees it, he loses his fucking mind Mm. and he grabs a medallion and he runs straight to Booth and Bones. And he's like, this is an official vault seal that was apparently manufactured by something called the War Office that was established in 1778 to protect cultural treasures. So they built like a shitload of underground vaults and just like hid a bunch of stuff in there that they wanted to protect during war times. Interesting. And a ton of them are apparently also now unaccounted for because just like... Um, like mudslides and natural disasters or whatever mm-hmm. over the years. So they just kind of got lost to time. So Dr. Goodman sees this and he thinks that the seal must have come off of one of those vaults that's been sitting there untouched this whole time. And um, so How this big is, is this thing. It's I, I think I have a picture of it later. It's probably like the size of a palm. OK. Gotcha. Yeah. It's not crazy big. OK. Um, but yeah, like so like Dr. Goodman is like, you know, creaming his pants because he's like the original <laughs> draft of Lincoln's inaugural address might be in there. Like that kind of gotcha. like American artifacts and yes. treasures. Um, so that obviously the team is like, oh, is this the thing that Harold was talking about that mm-hmm. he gave Marnie and it got yes. her killed? Um, so, yeah, they go back to Harold, who's been sitting in jail this whole time because oh, he won't talk to them. And he confirms that this is, in fact, the thing he gave to Marty that he believes got her killed. But like. Do they have anything? Again, this is just me regurgitating what they say in police procedurals. But like, 
do they actually have anything to hold him on like honestly it's like is him saying like this thing may have gotten her killed like that doesn't seem like enough i can only assume it's because bones saw him at the scene of the murder and they found her belongings among his stuff right like they found her camera and clothes there circumstantial but i'll allow it i mean and this guy (laughs) obviously doesn't have like representation i mean right they could uh just get him a public defender no i mean you're right he should be like i want a lawyer i don't know enough about i don't know (laughs) i don't know enough about how the legal system works to understand why they're able to detain him like that i recently called my dad and was and i had random like adult questions for him and i was like (laughs) was one of them how when can police detain me (laughs) one of them was like what if i ever need a lawyer like i was like dad i'm not gonna go to prison anytime soon but like what if i ever need a lawyer and he was like well first i'm Glad you're not going to prison. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for getting that out of the way. Mm -hmm. Great. But yeah, just it's. I mean, if TV shows and movies are in any way accurate, apparently if I'm ever hauled into the police department, I can just be like, I want a lawyer. lawyer. And apparently that's like magic words. Yes. 100%. I don't know. Does that mean they give you a phone to try and call people? Because I don't. Brenda Lee Johnson. Right. (laughs) In which case she'll break you. Well, the other question is also like, it's not like I have one on retainer. So like, do they then give me a phone and I can just like open up the yellow pages or like, like Google Google a criminal and just start calling people. Yeah. I don't know. Or wait, or are they required to then give you a public defender? I think they're required to give you a public defender. We'll Google this later. (laughs) Sorry. We should. No, no, no. I didn't mean to stop talking. I mean, like, we need to find this out. I should find out. Because as adult human beings living in the world, I we should, should probably know the law. We should know our rights. Yes. Let's say it that way. We should know our rights. 100%. Neither of us are ever going to be even remotely close to going to jail. But you know. I mean, yeah, we are such rule followers. <laughs> I have such a fear of authority. <laughs> we'll never be a problem. Um, okay. So, yes, yeah, so they're talking to Harold to be like, tell us more about this medallion sitch. Um, I had to show you this picture of Bones because I thought she looked real good. Like, both Bones and Angela looked really good this episode. They're, yeah, her hair looks good. I just, I also appreciated that you can see the whiff of a, of a really necklace. big necklace, yep. but you can't really see it full view. But Thank we you. know it's yes. there. Look at that jawline. You know what I would do for that jaw, that square-ass jawline? God. <laughs> God damn it. My dumb, roundy, square face. Ugh. Oh, Jack. I just want a square jawline. Hey, Look at you this. You know what? I, over time, have come... I used to feel the same way, but over time, I've also realized, like, I think it's, you know, very um, typical Asian features to have, like, sort of a rounder face. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken... Oh, I hope I'm not misrepresenting the culture right now. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure in, like, old... um, I know at least in, like, old Chinese times, like, having a moon face was considered very beautiful. Oh, well, then I'm fucking... We're both fucking Giselle like, Bunchen over yeah. here of Asia. <laughs> we would be. I got the biggest moon face. Number one candidates for husbands. You oh, know what I mean? Come on, man. <laughs> you know? I mean, I also haven't showered today, so like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not feeling my best. It's okay. But, you know, you're always hardest on yourself. True. Thanks. Anyway, man. so yeah, I thought Bones looked Bones good. Bones looks great. Um, so Harold is like, okay, I took the medallion from the blonde woman. Um, oh, Helen. Well, so he oh. says, Marnie went too deep into the tunnels, and that's the blonde woman's territory. He keeps talking about the perimeter. So where oh, most of the mole people okay. live is, quote unquote, within the perimeter. Right. Marnie went beyond the perimeter, Uh-oh. and that's the blonde's territory. Never go beyond and the Booth perimeter. is like, 
who is the blonde woman? What's her fucking name? Yeah. And he immediately, Harold again, stops cooperating. Because he, he keeps like saying he doesn't want to be responsible for more people's death because he's very, very tortured. Poor guy. Yeah. It's, everyone's sympathetic for Harold. Everyone hates uh, Booth right now. Yeah. <laughs> So we cut to the car. What I hate his sunglasses things. so much. They're these orangey bullshit I ones. I had to show it because of the sunglasses. Terrible on him. He's, they make him look like an even bigger douchebag, and it makes me angry. So they're in the car, and Booth is wearing Jax's favorite sunglasses. Oh my god, they're so lame. It's one of those classic continuity things you always point out, where it's like they have a conversation that should have happened immediately after yes. the interrogation, but yes. they left the building and got into the car Apparently first. They walked together silently for like right. ten minutes to get to the car and stuff, and, and then and drove started. for quite some time because yeah. they're in the middle of driving right now. Great that we pop back in. She's like, "How's your son?" Blah blah blah, and then they <laughs> get into a fight. <laughs> so Booth immediately suspects Helen because mm-hmm. the blonde the woman blonde. Uh, and Bones is like why because she's blonde and we're all like yeah, yeah exactly that uh, precisely that she's the only blonde woman we've seen <laughs> <laughs> this is a close community there's no one really down there there's only one blonde woman we've seen um, Hodgins while they're driving calls to tell them that he found diamond dust on Marnie's clothes mm. that indicates that she was in like a much older system of tunnels because something about the diamond dust indicates it's yeah. from back in the day. Um, so it's it's not the same system of tunnels where the mole people live. Okay. So they believe she must have either discovered the vault or mm. were, was looking for the vault right before she was killed. And then Bones is like, look, to Booth, she's like, why don't we just go back to Harold? You can do the whole like, hey, we were both rangers. We're brothers right. in arms things and like maybe he'll talk to you and booth acts super indignant like Ugh. the suggestion is the worst he's like that's so glib and cynical even How though he literally cynical? he literally tried to do that already in the first interrogation with harold the first time he talked to harold he already was like i was a ranger too if and anything, it just totally failed it's not glib or cynical it's manipulative yes correct and a little sneaky maybe but not glib or cynical he reacts so negatively it's like he was originally like this piece of shit lives in a cardboard box suddenly he has empathy for him because he realizes he was a vet it's like okay booth anyway he's like that's so glib and cynical i know what he's been through okay and then (laughs) both turns him and she's like you killed a pregnant woman who was holding a child (laughs) (laughs) she's such an idiot (laughs) she's the worst I listen in every episode we have to talk about either there should be a reference to either sniping or orphan status so I'm glad we got one of them I can't believe this purported genius can't do the math on what he means when he says I understand what he's been through and she thinks it means he's literally killed the exact same profile of people that Harold killed whatever she's just the dumbest smart person this is Bones Booth's face when she <laughs> says that. <laughs> he is Yo, not I mean, like I feel you on that one, Booth. You're he, both so wrong, it hurts, but like I feel you on that one. He gets super agitated. He's like, fine. You wanna know what I've done? I'll tell you, but you better get ready for the truth. Like he literally loses his shit. And then Bones immediately backs off. She doesn't say anything. And he goes, Good choice, Bones. And it's really weird and awkward. I feel like, what do you think? Maybe it wouldn't be as interesting, but I, I don't actually, I 
don't believe that. Like, I just want to know what was happening with the writers in that there always has to seemingly be someone who's being unreasonable. Hmm. And like, whether it be Angela, Hodgins, Booth, or Bones, there's always someone who's just like a pain in the ass and then everyone else has to reel them in. Wait, that's so true. Yeah. Either like throughout the whole show or just like here this time, Booth is being unreasonable. And then it immediately switches to Bones being unreasonable. Like, it's okay to have two characters who just get along. Like, I, there, my show, in watching the closer, all the characters get along. Right. And it makes it, you know, a perfectly lovely show to watch. Like, why does there always have to be so much, like, conflict between these characters? Well, I feel like it's partially, like, they almost don't know how to... It's like they want to make the show more interesting and they want to be able to drop nuggets and quote unquote do character development, but they almost don't know how to do it in a natural way. Yeah. So they have to engineer conflict between the characters so that they like angrily say things that gives a little peek into their background, but they can't just have it come out As just like in a, a regular way. Yeah. It has to be conflict. Right. So bizarre. I don't get it either. It was, it was honestly like... It was one of the weirder moments in the episode mm-hmm. between the w- moment where Booth is like making fun of Harold for living in a box. Yeah. And then this one, I was just like, this feels weird because it didn't feel good. It wasn't like, you know, the show, even when they do conflict, it's generally like a light show. The tone mm-hmm. is pretty light. This wasn't light. Yeah. Like it felt really weird. Whatever. Anyway, Booth and Bones go to talk to Helen because, you know, they want to figure out, is she the blonde woman Harold has been referring to this whole time? Mm -hmm. And she seems shocked that Harold might be afraid of her and then says he's probably afraid of everything because why do you think he lives underground? Of course. And then Bones is immediately like, he lives underground to pay penance for what he's done, Mm -hmm. just like Booth catches murderers to pay penance for what he's done. And this is Booth's face being like, why do you always have to bring up personal shit when we're on the job? This is so fucking unprofessional. Like, they're just trying to question Helen about the case. And she's like, yeah, Booth catches murderers because he's killed so many people. I, if I worked with her at the Jeffersonian, I would have been (laughs) fired multiple times for smacking her in the mouth and just being like, you're a dumb bitch. Why can't you just be normal? I feel like because they had like a vet as a character, like a troubled vet as a character in the episode, they were like, this is our chance to really just like pull out all this shit about Booth. And it's just like really not done well. Anyway, Helen admits that Marnie had asked her for help to show her on the tunnels. Um, but she said no, because, you know, the whole exploitation mm-hmm. thing. So anyway, apparently Marnie ended up turning to some other dude's for help to like mm-hmm. teach her how to use ropes and do climbing and whatever. Oh, uh, okay. So, and then I, I just, I had to mention this, even though it's not important to the actual episodes, like plot, but Helen is like, how do you know the blonde woman Harold's talking about? Isn't Charlize Theron? And Bones is like, what? who's that? And Booth is like, you're like my grandmother. <laughs> and Bones did not like that. <laughs> this is her face. Really not liking being called a grandmother. <laughs> It was like a really sustained expression that lasted for a long time in the shot. Amazing. (laughs) Because I think she might not even understand why it is that she's like his grandmother. Like there's so many things going over her head right now. There was a couple of these moments where like 
uh, Booth will make a reference and Bones would get it and then Booth would make another different reference and then Bones wouldn't get it and he'd be like, you're crazy. I don't get you. Yeah. So, But this was the only one where she really reacted angrily to being <laughs> compared to a grandmother. <laughs> anyway, back at the lab, Angela has been using the Angelatron to try has. and figure out what caused a blunt force trauma to Marnie's skull. Um, she uses lasers. Oh, from the laser-based data, she is able to determine that the attacker struck from above and was left-handed. Cool. Um, um, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes? Do you, do you have a problem with that? I mean, wouldn't that be obvious just from the placement of it on her skull? Yes, because they say multiple times, because they also show where the hole is of the missing yeah. piece, where the trauma so, happened. It's literally like up on top of her right temple, like high up on her like, right temple. I don't think you would need uh, the Angelotron to tell right. you that. I was literally like, how many people have blunt force trauma coming from below? Do people typically grab blunt weapons and then do like an uppercut with them on the heads? Like, and then the hole is on the top of the skull? I mean, I guess you'll know it's most likely a man based on this. Cause, like, would we? Well, if a woman is fighting a woman, assume they're probably closer to the same height. So if I were to punch you in the face. Whoa. Whoa, Jax. Or hit you with something, it probably wouldn't hit the same place as oh. like, a six-foot man was hitting down on a woman. I understand what you're saying. The, pre the presumption would be that it's like a taller person. Well, they don't even say anything like that. Just so you know, you're doing more. Oh. Is it deductive reasoning? What I kind of reasoning? So. I don't know what it is. Who knows? But you're doing more of it than they even do. Okay. She's just like, oh, yeah, the attack came from above and the person was left-handed. Okay, great. She even goes so far as to generate a simulation where we see oh, a disembodied no. arm with a nondescript blunt object just whacking Marnie's skull. And there is a bone-crunching <gasps> sound effect, which you would have fucking hated. Oh, no. I would have seen it coming and I would have muted it. I didn't see it coming and then I heard and I was like, ooh, even I didn't like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the simulations have the noise and sometimes they don't. And so now I, I always... Uh, mute it there was truly no reason for it the total scene lasted like literally 10 seconds mm -hmm. and there was little to no pertinent information like okay the attack came from above mm -hmm. from a left-handed person great um it feels like it was just an excuse to show shitty cgi yeah. honestly anyway we rejoined booth and bones they've <laughs> gone to find the guys that were teaching marnie how to use ropes and how to climb mm -hmm. um they're suspects four and five. How I'm did, just calling them the climber bros. How did they even track them down? Um, they like found her credit card receipts and oh. she found and they were they saw that she had like charged gotcha. her card to them or something. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm showing you this picture because they're climber bros. They acted like bros in the episode. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're attractive the enough. On the left is cute. Yeah. The blonde. Um, and, you know. They are fine. It's kind of like what you said last time where it's like, yeah, they're attractive, but they're not for me. Yeah. I kind of felt that way about them as well. Yeah. They didn't know Marnie was dead. They're shocked. Mm. They claim. They always are. <laughs> they always are. They claim to never have gone climbing with her in the tunnels. And then it comes out that blonde climber bro, the one that you were kind of into, mm -hmm. admits that he was having a fling with Marnie. But it was totally like no strings attached because everyone was super clear. Like he's not into a relationship. She's already fucking engaged. Like this is just oh, fun times. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Roy, Roy from The Office. <laughs> so. It was before he met Pam. <laughs> 
before he knew how to, you know, stay for real love, to yeah. look for real love. So they immediately go back to Phil, obviously, because there was a fucking affair. That's a great motive. Mm-hmm. Turns out the wedding was actually called off and oh. Phil did actually know about Blonde Climber Bro. But he was kind of just like, no, this wasn't a thing. Like, if the, basically, she's had multiple affairs, but she, quote unquote, always came back to me. So he's trying to just be like, this This wasn't the issue. Like, this wasn't like, like a big deal. Even though they called off the wedding because of it. Phil, that's pretty... It was sad, dude. Yeah. It honestly made Phil seem pretty sad. Yeah. And he was basically just like, it's embarrassing. Because they were like, well, why didn't you tell us about it? And he was like, it's embarrassing. And, you know, so I felt bad for him. Marnie, you suck. Yeah. It made her not look great. You're a hoe and you're exploiting people. Yeah. Basically. Um, So anyway, once more, Booth and Bones go back to Harold. Jesus Christ, they won't leave this poor man Is Harold left-handed? Because if he's not, you should just leave him alone. Right? God, they beg him again for like the seven bajillionth time. Please bring us into the deep part of the tunnels where Marnie was like nosying around. Mm-hmm. He finally gives in because he's probably like, fuck these people. I can't take anymore. Yeah. But he will only take them to the edge of the perimeter. And he's and like, like, you're you on just, your own. You just go from here. I'm not gotcha. going past this. Um, like literally they go five steps beyond the perimeter and they find another set of bones. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly like you could have stood at the perimeter and seen it. <laughs> Jess was like, what was the point of this? Why do they need Harold to bring him there? Whatever, it's fine. Um, They bring them to the lab. They're much, much older remains Mm. that belong to a mid-30s aged male. The skeleton Mm. is also wearing old Civil War era clothes. And Dr. Goodman is able to look at the buttons and be like, these belong to a Union soldier. And we're like, cool. So... You know, further supporting the theory that there's a underground vault down there. I mean, it could have been a Civil War reenactor. You just had like super real buttons, yeah. <laughs> like a super real uniform with buttons. Yeah. Um, I just at this point, I happened to notice Bones is wearing like a super giant necklace. So mm-hmm. I had to include that picture. Holy necklace. <laughs> I really like the color, though. It's very the pretty dark very red. Pretty, mm-hmm. but it's just a lot. It is. And it looks... I don't hate it, but it looks a little childish because it's just giant fucking beads on a string. Yeah. So it doesn't look very refined or even super artsy. Also, it just doesn't look comfortable. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not the most egregious giant necklace she's ever worn. It's like middle of the pack, I'd say. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. So anyway, they decide because they're just like so pumped because they're like, oh, my God, this is a literal Union soldier. The vault must be down there. Um, they decide to send Angela to talk to Harold to try and get a sketch of the blonde woman. Okay. So and she also, has a real reason to be yeah, there. So she has exactly. a job. Um, and this is, the again, another weird fucking part in the show because Angela is literally freaking out because everyone has been... I, at this point in the episode, I realized every time they mentioned Harold, they called him crazy and paranoid. <gasps> oh, no. And it's just like, he's just a traumatized vet. Yeah. So she's freaking out. She's like, I don't know how to go talk to this crazy person. Like, she just like is so uncomfortable with the idea. And she's like, I don't know how to talk to a person like this. I only know how to talk to crazy people when I'm dating them. Like, she's oh, being really sh- weird. I mean, to be fair, if I had never, if I'm just the outside and people who for some reason I trust their opinions yeah. are coming back to me and saying, we have this guy who's living underground. He's quote crazy. Like 
Yeah. He used to be a sniper, so therefore he has, you know, in my head, he has certain He's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And you are sending me down there. I would be scared. I I wouldn't necessarily, because of the reasons they just, like I just stated, not because I'm an asshole. Right. But yeah. I think that's the thing. Like the way she was saying it just felt, again, gross and uncomfortable and very judgmental and disdainful. But I tried to be fair to her and be like, okay, they at this point still don't necessarily know Harold didn't do it. Yeah. So he could be a murderer. And I couldn't remember, has at this point in the show, has Angela ever had to talk to any of the murder suspects ever? And so is he no longer in their custody? No, he's still there. He's just sitting in fucking jail. Oh, so in which case, it's not like she has to go down to the tunnels. Right. She just has, she to, has to go to the interrogation room. Oh, so then there's no problem there. It's one thing if you're like, oh, yeah, you got to go splunk down into an right. aqueduct. Right. Yeah. Surrounded by dark. the rest of the mole people or yeah, whatever. But yeah. like in unfamiliar places, Yeah. She's just in the FBI just, building or oh, whatever. Again, like why? She's usually a very empathetic person. So That's why is she thing. being so insensitive to this man's issues? I mean, aside from the... Um, fearful is judgmentalness of it i also just was confused because i was like if anyone of this whole group should be empathetic and Mm -hmm. able to make a connection to harold it should be her and also booth you'd fucking think but really her also because she they always make her out to be like the crazy wild child alt personality person so like she should have some ability to look past the fact that he lives with the mole people the eq like the emotional like exactly yeah so I, again, another one of the moments in the episode where I was like, this is, I feel like we talk about this a lot, actually, and we always try to acknowledge like, okay, this is a show from 2005. Right. It's 15 years later, but yes. it just was like, oh my God, there's so much of this. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Anyway, that being said, uh, I thought she looked fucking great, so I had to show you some more screenshots of her. <laughs> I don't necessarily like all the layers, but yes. her hair generally Dated. does look really... It's very um, Rachel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from Friends. But her hair looks very shiny and healthy. Yes. And, like, the bangs are cute. Like, she looks good. They're all just, like, way more styled. And yes. their makeup is getting better. And yes. it reminds me of, like... Yes, when makeup is a lot better. Yes. Because not that the earlier episodes were bad but it just wasn't super flattering yeah, no. and now they're getting like clearly like oh we are on a television show yes and it just reminds me of how much later seasons it suddenly becomes like every day's like a vogue photo shoot every and they day, look like like clearly they gave angela <laughs> like the woman who plays angela like major extensions yes. and her hair looks fucking insanely incredible. like smoky eye every single fucking day as if every day you go into the lab and wear the super dramatic smoky eye You're i like can't wait for it club it's incredible yeah but i feel like we're seeing the in, the initial yes, parts this of it is here like here we go um anyway bones is like chill out she literally has to tell her just treat him with respect oh my god she's just like you're good at that just just be nice to him and treat him with respect she had to have the booth moment from the last episode where she was just like be reasonable right <laughs> jesus every episode she- <laughs> one character has to tell another character to just get their shit together she already did that to booth when he was calling harold a guy who lives in a box oh my god weirdly like it's, it's exactly what you said it's like every interaction someone has to be unreasonable and everyone else in the scene has, has to, to balance calm them, them down and it's like ridiculous. walk them back from the edge yeah so anyway it was angela's turn so she goes <laughs> off to go talk to fucking harold also you never have anything to do so like maybe just be yeah. happy that you finally have something to do you idiot seriously all right so Again, back of the lab. Yes. Um, 
the team is still trying to work out what caused that fucking blunt force trauma to Marnie's skull. Mm-hmm. Booth shows up with more of Marnie's raw footage that apparently Phil dropped off. So they're oh, like okay. popping in the videos and watching them. Mm-hmm. And they notice in one of the videos, Marnie is basically totally in frame, clearly being shot by someone else. Uh-huh. And this Who's whole time. the camera. Yes. This whole time, everyone's been saying Marnie works alone. Marnie works alone. Right. And then anyone they talk to, it's like, we warned her. We haven't been helping her. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So like, who the fuck is the camera person? And then the camera person starts to turn the camera back on themselves. Uh-oh. Who was it? Spelunky? Do you want to take a guess? I'm giving you, you don't have to, but just in um, case you want to. I'm guessing, oh boy. It's either Helen or one of the Spelunky guys. It's the Climber Bros! <laughs> Climber Bros, Spelunky guys, you know. Um, Figures, you look like liars. So they're like, holy shit. They said they never went down in the tunnels with her. They're fucking liars. They clearly knew all about the treasure because mm-hmm. in the video that they were watching, Marnie was basically talking about the vault treasure. She's like, gotcha. all these people live down here and they just want to be left alone, but they're actually down here with the secret treasure. But they're not doing anything. They're literally leaving the, the treasure alone, even though they could they use could the money. Lives, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, I guess you're supposed to be like, oh, Marnie's very empathetic and or trying to be protective of the treasure because she's clearly not there to really be like taking the treasure for herself Mm. she's just trying to actually do i think the vibe is supposed to be like she's actually doing a genuinely like balanced and like fair look at the mole people and she's Mm. not just out for herself cool anyway still a hoe they're right (laughs) (laughs) they're watching these videos for some reason it's taken all this time for zach to hypothesize that the blunt instrument that killed Marnie is a sharp-edged instrument with a handle because he says it again. It's a climbing instrument, I would assume. Right. So they're all standing around in a circle and he says it again. And we're like, yeah, we've been talking about a sharp object this whole time. He's like, it's a sharp-edged object with a handle. So Bones is like, you mean like a climbing axe? Yeah. And they're like, whoa. So everyone's like, it must be the climbing bros that killed Marnie to keep the secret treasure for themselves. Dodoy. Then Angela shows up while they're having this powwow with her sketch from her conversation with Harold. She's like, it was a real bust. Because the sketch looks like an old Victorian ghost lady. So suspect number six is an old ghost. Wow. The thing is, like, that outfit isn't even Victorian. Like, that outfit isn't anything. That outfit has never existed in history, or nor will it exist in the future. Also, that hair is formless. I just want to tell you that, like, when Angela sat down with Harold, she was like, yeah, because she was like, how does this work? He's like, I just tell you, like, what her eyes look like and her hair and stuff. She's like, yeah, but tell me more, like, your impressions of her. And he's like, she had dead eyes. (laughs) She's like, that's perfect. Her hair looked like popcorn. (laughs) So this is the, the image that she comes back with. What? She literally, she's like, this was a fucking bust. She holds up the picture and she says, this is what happens when you ask for information from the mentally ill. Wow. Go fuck yourself, yeah. Angela. This episode was oh, the most insensitive <laughs> thing on television. Right. Since and now. Whew. 
Anyway, so she's holding this up like this was a total waste of my time. And Dr. Goodman sees a sketch and immediately realizes. Is this going to be like a painting or something? Yes, you got it, my friend. He's like, that's a Rayburn. They're like, what's a Rayburn? He's Mm. like, it's this painting from 1862 painted by Sir Henry Rayburn. It's been lost. It's worth over $200,000. This means Harold has been inside the vault if he's seen the picture. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, the team is like, wow, goddamn, we really got to find this vault now. I don't know why it's taking this long for them to even try to go down there. If the, if the U.S. government even had a whiff of like, oh, there might be priceless treasure, treasure yeah. anywhere, they would have sent down yeah. 10 teams of men to go and get it. It's like minute 39 and they're like, should we, should we go look for this? <laughs> <laughs> so... It's a labyrinth down there, right? They've been of saying course. this whole time, like, that's why they needed Harold, because it's like, who can make sense of the maze of tunnels down but, like, there? But, surely they would have, like, old documents to show, like, okay, never mind. Why no, wait, no, you're exactly correct. Do you mean, like, old to, maps and information and stuff? Yeah. That you could Archived maybe... stuff that you could look at to as a map to know where the tunnels are. Perhaps and something you could plug into the Angela truck? <laughs> Yes. So wow. what Jax is reacting to is they power up the Angelatron. She's like, okay, here's a, here's all the tunnel systems we're aware of based on of maps from you know the last 200 years. Right. They're all color-coded based on the time period that we're built. Red, yellow, and blue. It looks just like a fucking mess of multicolored Twizzlers. It looks, yeah, it looks like it's a spaghetti. McDonald's play placed <laughs> on Coke. So she creates this map. They're trying to narrow down which tunnels do we think we should search based on the time period during Mm -hmm. which the system was built and does that line up to when the vaults would be built. Booth is trying to be super helpful and he's making actually really good suggestions. He's like, hey, remember the diamond dust? You told me that that diamond dust was used when they built tunnels in blank, blank year. Let's look for tunnels from that year. And everyone like gives him a terrible look and they're like, especially Dr. Goodman and Bones, they're like, um, we agreed that we were going to use deductive reasoning and what you just said is based on inductive reasoning. You should all light yourselves on fire. I was like, um, I'm going to commit suicide. <laughs> what the fuck? I was like, do you want to solve this fucking crime and find this vault or not? He made a really solid point. Whatever. Jesus Christ. I don't know what Zach's been doing this whole time. He's been like really just really in on that fucking abrasion. Mm. He comes into the room and just announces. He's like, oh, definitely the weapon that killed Marnie was a Hank's climbing axe. I don't fucking know what or how he figured that out or what that even is. Whatever. So they're he's like been driving around to various sporting goods stores just looking at climbing equipment. I was just like, cool, cool, cool. They just want to throw that in. Whatever. Bones and Booth bring a bunch of tactical teams into the tunnels. Of course. Bones is, of course, complaining that she's not been given a gun. We just saw her misuse one horribly. So she's giving Booth a hard time, and Booth, like an idiot, gives her one again. He also should be fired from the FBI at this point. (laughs) You should, none of you should be employed. You're all insensitive (laughs) jerks who just misuse everything they're running around down there they find the missing piece of marnie's skull they're like we're getting closer 
they can see the vault. They like finally get deep enough. They can like see the like a light in the distance and they see the Rayburn painting the distance. They're like, that's the vault. They know they're in the right place and they can hear people down there. So they're like, oh, the people who killed Marnie must be down there right now. We got to grab them before they get away. Mm -hmm. But this whole time they've been like radioing to their tackle teams. Their tackle teams are all lost because, you know, this crazy maze of tunnels. No one knows where they there are. There will soon be like 25 new bodies down there yeah. that have been lost forever. They're all just so. like, you know, raiding right Twitter. Where are we? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And of course, Booth being the super responsible person he is, he's like, we couldn't possibly wait for them. We just have to go now and apprehend these suspects. <sighs> okay. He's like, <laughs> yep. Okay. He's like, Bye. we can't let them get away. <laughs> so Bones is like, all right, what are we going to do? And he's like, all right, we're going to bust in there. And Booth's like, you take whoever's on the left. I'll take whoever's on the right. <laughs> and then Bones is like, how do I know if I need to shoot? And Booth says, if you're wondering whether you need to shoot, you shoot. And I'm like, is this Blue Lives Matter propaganda? <laughs> what the fuck? Also, like, he was worried about her in the last episode going on a blind date. Mm-hmm. And yet you're willing to put a gun in the hands of someone who is not trained with mm-hmm. guns and have her go into a situation where she could easily be right. killed. They want to go surprise a bunch of suspects that they know have already killed someone. Yes. And they don't know, are they armed, what, what they're up to, and they have no backup. Those people might never come because yeah. all we know is they're lost in the tunnels. They can't figure out where the fuck they are. But he's like, we need to do this ex- like, right now. Why wouldn't you have a team with you? like Walking with you? Yeah, why wouldn't you have at least three guys with you at all times? That would make far too much sense, Jax. Also, like you know these tunnels are crazy. Bring in a shit ton of lights. Right. And I don't care if you have to tie a ball of string around a guy's belt and yeah. then have him track it everywhere. Just Hansel so you can and Gretel it. Your, yeah, find your way back. <laughs> Spray paint something. But you know what I also thought was the stupidest thing ever? They're deep in these underground vaults. Like, those people are probably down there, like, packing up the treasure to go. They're not right. going anywhere. It was almost like they're going to run away at any minute. I'm like, this isn't a bank heist. They're, like, actively, like, having to pack and move out a ton of treasure like this is like this is like national treasure and the movie like once you see like their faces you know who they are so then you can just apprehend them later right it was like completely fabricated urgency that forced boot to make this ridiculous decision yeah it's fine because those guys would just sprint out into the tunnels, and right. then you can just get and they'd be the SWAT right guys there. back and be like, "You're going to stand guard and yeah. try to get these guys." Why aren't we in charge of the FBI? I don't I'm, know, but we should be. Real James Comey? Is that, <laughs> is that who the guy who was in charge of the FBI? Wait, yeah, was he the one who did the Hillary email thing? Right? No, yeah, I it was Comey, remember. I think. Anyway, this is a picture of Bones and Booth completely prepared to commit murder. <laughs> I mean, I am attracted to Booth in this scenario she looks like she went out for a jog and then stumbled upon a gun and now she's pointing it at someone so they come across of course it's the climber bros they're like packing up all the treasure it's Mm -hmm. like pounds and pounds and pounds of gold bars it's like as far as the eye can see treasure and as they're being handcuffed blonde climber bro is like wait like this isn't really like he's kind of confused like why they're being apprehended i guess he's sort of like well we're maybe just like stealing treasure and yeah. we shouldn't be but like we're still here like we didn't yet steal it 
And then they're like, you killed Marnie. He's like, why the fuck do you think we killed Marnie? And Bones is like, oh, we know Marnie was killed with a climbing axe by a left-handed person. And then blonde climber bro loses his mind because he realized it was the other climber bro that killed Marnie. And he loved Marnie. He cared about Marnie. So he's just like, what the fuck? So he starts to beat up the other guy. He's like, you killed her over this? He was so fucking angry. It's all very emotional. I mean, good on you, blonde climber guy. In the end, he wasn't a bad guy. He just thought like, oh, he was very sad about Marnie being dead. But then he was like, well, the treasure's down there. Let's just go grab it. He didn't know. I mean, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, would I take like a gold bar or something? Yeah. Maybe a couple coins. The U.S. government can take the rest. Who's going to miss a couple gold bars? Yeah. No. So the episode ends with Bones, Booth, and Dr. Goodman just like patting themselves on the back for Mm -hmm. having recovered this great American treasure. Um, Nicholas Cage is crying in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) We have to steal the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) We also see them at the end, Bones, Booth, and Angela go with Harold to basically release him back into the mole people community. It's very emotional. We hear that same emotional music from earlier on in the lab in the montage. Um, everyone's giving each other really meaningful looks so that we understand that they understand Harold finally, I guess, is what Bullshit. we're supposed to know. Bullshit. And that they f- accept and understand his choices somehow or have, I don't know, learned empathy in the last 40 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's the end, my friend. Zen, that was so fucking good. That <laughs> I'm glad you liked so it. so good. I'm so impressed. I like your Looney Tunes the end. <laughs> Thank you. I background. thought it was apt. <laughs> That was phenomenal. I saw the whole thing in my head. It was great. It was a great episode for this because I think it was rife with great reaction faces. So many reaction faces of just exhaustion, disdain, (laughs) confusion, all the emotions, all the negative emotions you can imagine. Just so much ridiculous shit was said. You know, Um, so I guess when I said earlier, you didn't need to see it. I think that is still kind of true, but it was still amusing in that our favorite um, really irritating Bones things happened. Yes. Ticking all the boxes. Wowzy. Wow. So like, yeah. Let that wash over you. You did an amazing job. I appreciate it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm so sorry it took so long. It was so much effort. But I'm just glad you enjoyed it because if it was just not amusing and I spent all the time, I'd be like, man, I suck at telling the story. (laughs) No, you did a fantastic (laughs) job. And if it wasn't so much work, I'd be like, you need to do this every time. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe every once in a while, if we're really feeling it, we'll do this for funsies. Every once in a while to just mix it up. Totes. Yeah. So, yeah. Any last thoughts before we move on to Men We Want a Bone? I'm just so glad that I didn't have to watch them be... <laughs> be awful? Be terrible people because it would have made me so mad. Especially because, yeah. like, I think everyone, or at least we're, like, hypersensitive to that type yes, of stuff right now. Absolutely. Like, we always are, but especially now, I'm just like, can you just not... I guess just not... And it also, I think it's very jarring because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who do feel very, um, they just don't care about homeless people. I'm sure it's fine. Like for them, they also are kind of like very judgmental and like they're down there, like they deserve it or whatever. Mm. I just think it's really jarring to have that idea brought up and validated multiple times in like a fucking Fox TV show. You know what I mean? Like. I, it's just so bizarre to me. I wonder how the actors felt about it 
I wonder what that writer's I want to know what that writer's room looked like. Hmm. Like, was it just, like, were they really that insensitive? Like, and yet they do make them empathetic sometimes. So is it just a writer's room of half bros and half very sensitive souls? Yeah. Like, what, what did that look like? And why were they okay with such ridiculous writing? And I feel like a lot of times in other episodes when somebody is saying something kind of insensitive there's always one character sometimes bones actually right like she Mm. often like in the one with the guatemalan refugees or whatever the fuck it was she was always just like remember the death squads right (laughs) like she said it so many times so it's like a lot of times there is someone there to be like hey remember that they're people and you should have empathy for them clearly someone in that writer's room does realize that what they're saying is wrong yeah so like why do you keep doing it you're making your character so unlikable sometimes like it's just and it's so um inconsistent right and also it's like i couldn't tell it if it was that they thought they were doing the job anyway because they were showing so much of harold's backstory and they did present him as a very sympathetic character Mm -hmm. like you did feel really bad for him Mm -hmm. so they didn't feel like they needed to have someone stand there and say the words out loud like everyone else could just be like this is what happens when you try to get something from the mentally ill like you know like i don't know it was just very uncomfortable and it's not like you're still by episodes 15 or 16 whatever it is like yeah you should know what direction you want these characters to go in yeah you shouldn't have to still be kind of experimenting with it yeah at least i would think i mean 16 is a lot of episodes it's a lot of episodes (laughs) i would think by episode i'll be generous 10 or 12 you get a feel for the actors and therefore which yeah. way you want to go kind of worked out some of the kinks yeah yeah ridiculous well the woman in the tunnel oof. amazing job my friend thank you i'm glad you enjoyed it dudes dudes um so uh, <laughs> mine are kind of random i cannot wait <laughs> so as you know i've been watching the closer Yes. Which is like a show that now is at least 10 years old, probably more, maybe 13 years old. Oh my God. Is it that old? I think so. Like early from, Even from its last season, it's that old? Um, or like it started that long ago? Um, you know what? I am in front of a computer. I can look this up. Hmm. It ran from 2005 to 2012. Oh, that's not... Okay. So, eight years old. So there's um, one of the detectives in there. <gasps> who I, Wait. I watched this show. I am generally familiar with the cast. Detective Sanchez. <gasps> is my guy. You mean Raymond Cruz? Yes, who's now a lot older. And he's actually looks, oh, that young picture of him looks real good. This one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he's a handsome fella. From Dust Till Dawn. Wait, the movie? He was in it? Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, you know what? Here's the thing. Yeah, young Raymond Cruz is a real hottie. (laughs) Raymond Cruz from The Fucking Closer was a maniac. In the 40s? No, he wasn't. Oh, I mean, he was was a tough dude. He was emotionally stunted and never really spoke and threatened... With physical violence all the time to get what he wanted. He did speak, thank you very much. 
Uh, I found he probably never had to memorize lines. His constant threats of physical violence were weirdly attractive, and I was into it. My God, you love men who threaten violence. I do. There's something wrong with me. Even that last picture I showed you of Booth holding a gun, you're like, I'm into it. <laughs> you love men who can get shit done. I do. I want a man to protect me. <laughs> what can I say? All right. Okay. I, I don't. I don't join you in this one, but I guess I understand. Thank you. What? Who else do you have? Oh. Um, I watched that show that I told you about, um, La Revolution. Okay. Um, and I have, oh, I have a thing on, I have a picture on my phone of Amir Al-Qasem is his name. Ooh. Yeah. He plays a doctor in the show and he's very handsome. Oh, Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Speaking French. Oof. So good. He is very handsome. Oh my god, look at this cutie patootie. Yes. I'm into it. There's a guy like who, this. on the show who I think you would be into also. Ooh, exciting. Um, who plays his like his if you want to call it like a foster brother type of thing. They're in the okay. orphanage together. Okay. Um his name is Lionel Erdogan. Okay. And he's also oh. he's very handsome. Yes. I'm Oh, he looks almost like um. He looks like if Clive Owen and like Clint or and Clint like, Eastwood's son Scott and like Eastwood? Matthew McConaughey. Had oh a kid. yeah 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 yeah. He's a handsome fella too, <gasps> and he has like longer, shaggier hair on the show, and that looks really good. I, you're so correct. You know my taste so well. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, look at this picture. He looks exactly like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Whoa. He's the type of guy who like depending like he, I mean he always looks like himself, but depending on the picture, he looks like different people also. Yeah, like the angle can really change. Yeah things too he's handsome dude this is not a wild card this and the last guy were not wild cards i will say raymond cruz i'm still reeling from (laughs) so here's my wild card oh no i now take personality out of it take everything out of it oh god is this gonna be an asshole shia labeouf (laughs) (laughs) wait why is he even in your brain right now i saw something with him oh uh, because I was watching random clips of SNL, they'll just suggest like random things. Yeah, and it was an episode of that he was hosting, and with when he's all muscly and stuff, he looks yeah. good. Here's the thing: I don't disagree with you. If it wasn't he's for pretty much everything else about yes. him, everything else, he's incredibly annoying and seems to reel up his own yes. ass. And like you're not that artsy. Give it just. Just relax. Just be whatever Agreed. yourself is because this act that you're doing is exhausting for everyone and must be exhausting Oh, I'm sure it's not even an act. I think that's the more disturbing part. I think oh. that's actually him, which is why I'm really like, he's crazy. Oh, no. It's too much. Yeah, it's He too must much. be insufferable to be around. I would think I so. I can't imagine being in a relationship with that person. He, they were doing um, like one of those Zoom um, things with a bunch of celebrities to raise money. Um, and he, oh, they were doing a, reading a oh dazed and confused and uh with a bunch of celebrities including him and he was like recording from inside his car without a shirt on and was clearly like would walk away and then come back and i want to be like can you and like there the people other people on this were like morgan freeman brad pitt 
Julia Roberts, Jennifer Aniston, like they were all people who are much more talented and bigger names than him. Yeah. And you are like, what, like clearly just yeah. incredibly disrespectful. Like of all people to be a diva. Yeah. It's, not it's you. you. Yeah. I hear you. Fucking idiot. Even Sean Penn sat there and was respectful. Oh my God. And he's a real <laughs> And he's maniac. a nut. So like, what is your deal, bro? But that you also sucks. look really good. Also because cool. it's like for charity and it's stuff, for right? Charity. All these recent like um, fucking virtual yeah, reunion things have all been for charity. Yeah. Yep. 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 Dude, that sucks. I know. I was so just disappointed in him as a human being. Um, I... I can't say I'm disappointed by him because that seems I'm not su- really in line I'm with not his personality. But it's disappointing nonetheless. Totally. Um, is that your last dude? That's my last guy. Um, I look actually again. Aside from the Raymond Cruz, <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch, you let me have him. I I think all the men you mentioned are actually just objectively super attractive men they just have you know like everyone else their flaws everyone has flaws yeah um i am gonna bring up a guy that i already told you about sorry Mm. i'm just i was listening to you i'm just trying to google it on here so i can pull it up on the screen to to show you pictures i'm happy to look at handsome men's faces his name is apparently luke klein tank (laughs) so I have been watching, I binged in like three days, Man in the High Castle, as you know. Mm -hmm. Luke Kleintank plays a character named Joe Blake in the show. Uh And yes, he's a Nazi. We don't need to talk about that. It's it's, In the show, not... The allure was not that he was a Nazi, to be absolutely clear. Unlike you, I was not attracted to his physical violence, okay? I did not like that part of him. What does that look for a man? Um, She likes white supremacists. (laughs) (laughs) But... I am super into him. Mm. I, as you know, ranted for nearly a full hour when they didn't resolve his storyline <laughs> the way I wanted them to. It's fine. I'll get over it. He's a fucking cutie. I'm a, I'm obsessed. Because he has such like a boyish blonde person face. I And he does, in fact, look like a Nazi. So I was like, so believable. It worked really well for the character. Um, I mean, I'm not into him, but I get it. Wow. Jax, this is... Is this and this the same guy? Correct. Well, so remember, I mentioned to you after Googling him to be like, who is this kitty and how has he not been on my radar? Mm -hmm. He was in Bones. He played apparently a lab tech that I didn't remember at all named Finn Abernathy. You know why I liked him in Bones? Because he had a southern accent and I very much enjoy a southern accent. Well, ooh. Oh wait, maybe that kind of jogged my memory. The minute you, because I'm looking at this picture of him wearing his bones gear very, like, and yes, the southern no, accident. Sir, yeah, or, sorry, I just said southern accident. <laughs> sorry, and his southern accent. I'm almost vaguely remembering him now. Okay, I don't remember a He's thing not about in him it as much as. Well, that's fucking disappointing. I'm sorry. Because the minute I realized he was in bones, I got so pumped. And it's much, much later. Oh God damn it! Yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> um look at this cutie with his ridiculous long hair and his backwards cap. Yeah. I'm still incredibly into this just to be really oh, clear. God. If this man showed up at my doorstep tomorrow, I'd be like, let's you'd be let's pregnant go on a the date. next day. Yes. I'm still very much into this. Yeah, it's again one of those things where like I can see I I see it. That's nice. That's I'm <laughs> <laughs> i clicked on another picture that like really got bigger and she was like yeah i think because you know i because here's the thing i 
don't like very pale white guys. Oh, he's pale as fuck. He's very pale. There, at least he has some stubble. And oh, stuff. yeah, that and, like, helps. I like his haircut. But in some of the other ones, he's a little too squeaky clean for me. And I'm not as into it. I don't know. I'm, it's working for me in that picture, but in the other ones, I'm I not mean, he's giving it. a sultry look in this shot and too. Also, because of that lighting, he doesn't look as pale. I I'm realizing now that I didn't do my due diligence, and I need to now run down everything else he's ever been in. Because like, what's this, and do I need to watch it midway? Oh, I heard about that. All right, I'm gonna obviously watch this immediately. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna literally watch this immediately. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, but he looks cute too. Yeah, he looks like a handsome fellow. Um. Yeah. So anyway, that's the only guy I have up. Okay. Well, actually, there was another guy from Man in the High Castle that I also had mentioned to you mm. who I thought was cute and deserving of a shout out, but I wasn't quite as enamored with him well, as I was him. with Luke Kleintank. What a strange last name. Terrible name. Um, okay, hold on. His name was Frank Frick in the show. Frank Frick? Yes. He was Jesus a secret Christ. Jew. His entire family gets gassed. It's real grim. Um, sorry. Spoiler alert for Man in the High Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where is he? Here we go. Rupert Evans. Rupert's Oopsies. a fun name. Rupert Evans. See? He's like a cute, he's a cute little dude. Yeah. Oh. I mean, look. Yeah. I've seen him before in something. He's fine. In the show, they make him look much more uh, like dweebish. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. For our listeners, we're just Google imaging all his... Uh, you know what? I like him better. Available pics. That picture with him with from the show, I like him better with glasses. Oh, yeah. He looks very cute with glasses. Yeah. He just looks like the nice Jewish boy I've been trying to marry this whole time. I hear you. You know? Right up my alley. Yeah. So anyway, oh, yeah. Yeah. I like his look in the show, actually, better than yeah. his regular look. The glasses are cute. Yep. Okay. All right. So those are my two dudes. I like it. <laughs> um. So the hypothetical. Oh, boy. Which we might need to pause so we can both think about it. Because even though I came up with it, I then failed to come up with my own answer like a dumbass. So if you were... Let me get through the whole thing. If oh, you were boy. on an island for two years, okay. you would agree to this. You're going to get $20 million, say, Wow, for sitting on an island. Okay. You're by yourself, but you have everything you need to, like, survive. Okay. Which doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Okay. My question is, um, so you could, if you could just bring, we'll call it five. If that's too much, we can narrow it down to three. For the two years while you're on that island by yourself, you could bring five movies and or television shows to watch. Uh-huh. Keep in mind, those are the only things you can watch. You are all alone, so watching like a horror film would be kind of scary because you're hearing, there's no lights at night. You're hearing like animal sounds out in the forest. For two years, what would you watch? Wow. So it basically is, what is a movie that I enjoy enough or I find entertaining enough that I could watch repeatedly for two years alone with no other entertainment? I will say TV series or movie. And if Is you, it the full series? Like if it's yes. like a show with 15 seasons, yes, I can like bring all 15. You could bring like all three Lord of the Rings movies. I could bring 15 seasons of Bones. You could bring <laughs> all of fucking Bones. And then we'd go to that island after two years and be a skeleton because you'd have killed yourself. <laughs> 
<laughs> and she killed herself before season one even yeah. ended. <laughs> oh my God. This is a great question. I feel like my initial reaction, it's going to have to be mostly TV because you need the, the content. Seasons. You need yeah. the, the, just the volume of content to last you two years. Yes. And so the way you described it, I'm alone on this island. It's like a very standard, like, there's shit out there. I don't know. What's, I'm safe, though, is what you're saying. Like, because yes. I have everything else I need to you, sustain You have myself. a small hut and with, you know, uh, apparently access to television. Right. You're farming your, your stuff. Right. So there's no concerns about living. It's Correct. literally just like, I'm trapped for two years there. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You're right. I think I might need a minute to think yes. through this. I'm going to pause this. Okay. We are back. Took a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And we're not cheating because I made the rules. But I've been very generous with the rules. Because it is difficult to choose. Yes. So what is your first one? We'll go back and forth. Oh, wow. Okay. So I tried to hit across genres. Mm-hmm. Um, and also go for volume mm-hmm. so that there would still be a sense of variety. So my first one was... Actually, we'll go through all of yours first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so... Okay, then I'll do it by genre. Okay. So my first thought was, what are comedies that I really like yes. that I could watch over and over again yes. that also have volume? Same. So I immediately thought The Office and Seinfeld because those Great. are two of my favorite shows and Tons. there's a ton of them. Yes. And I have watched all those a million times. So mm-hmm. I believe that they would hold up. Love it. Then I was like, well, where do I get my like sort of um, more drama adrenaline rush mm-hmm. kick from? Mm-hmm. I immediately thought Law and Order SVU <laughs> because I love that fucking show. <laughs> and the detectives always win. Mm-hmm. And it gives you that real sense of like self-righteousness, but and also justice. validation. Yes. And yes. justice at the end. So I was like, this is perfect. Plus, they're in their, like, 27th season. Interesting. I did not see that coming. They're, like, literally 300 seasons in. They're all 70 years old. So yeah. I was just like, we're going for it. Then I realized, based on your extremely generous rules, yes. because you said it could be, like, a whole set of movies. Yes. I literally just took the whole MCU. Yep. Great. That's, what, 21 movies now? If you had to choose three MCU movies, which ones right. would they Right, so be? I thought in case you were saying, no, I can't just do that, I would probably just choose the Avengers movies. Oh, okay. So I guess that would technically be, what, four? Because there's Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, and then the mm. two last Infinity War Endgame. Mm. Um, is that okay? It's four, not three. That's fine. <laughs> and then my last, because I was like, you know what I'm missing here is horror. And I actually do oh enjoy horror, God. even though you were just like, you Listen, wouldn't want to watch it alone. That- it's all whatever it is makes sense for you. I need, yeah, I think it's like this is all vaguely lighthearted slash it gets that like blood pumping adrenaline going in like a very like action adventure kind of way. But I do sometimes need something a little scary. But I don't want something truly disturbing because again, I'm alone for two years <laughs> yes. and I only have apparently my television with me yep. to like cry to. Yes. So <laughs> I need something that I personally find cheesy enough that it doesn't bother me enough, but right. I still get that kick. Yes. So I chose the Saw movie franchise, <laughs> which I know you hate the sound of and the idea of. But this is where our paths really diverge. I have watched all of those movies through How many repeated. There? There's like seven. I've watched them all through on a loop, like in a marathon setting, like multiple times. They don't bother me at all. Oh, my 
God. But they, they, sorry, it's not that they don't bother me. Like they provide enough, again, of an adrenaline rush and it catches my attention enough for me to be like amused and into it. But it doesn't scare me is what I mean. I see what you mean. So it like provides the horror vibe and mm-hmm. the scary vibe without actually feeling genuinely like existentially afraid. That is my nightmare. <laughs> yeah, torture, the idea of torture is so frightening, truly frightening to me. Yeah. Like it, I think about it more often than I should. It's honestly, it's on, like part of it is also just like the writing isn't the strongest all the time. So it's like, it's right. almost laughable in moments where it, it's like, again, when you, when you're, yes, you're watching really gruesome scenes of torture, mm-hmm. but then, you know, fucking Jigsaw shows up with his dumbass <laughs> mask and you're like, all right, you know. Yeah. Okay. So that's fair. Me. Fair enough. That's Zen's uh, personality, I guess, really laid bare. <laughs> all right now i'm dying to know yours okay mine has like three categories Ooh. one of them is comedy of course i'm going with parks and rec ah and ted lasso oh that's so good i just i fucking love that show so much Mm -hmm. got the eye candy i need in it uplifting great i like it um I, this is a random one that you will not see coming, um, but the Pride and Prejudice Kira Knightley movie. I 100% see it coming because oh. you revealed to me before you've seen that movie like 30 times. Yeah, I love that movie. And it's so crazy because you're not a rom-com person at all. I, so that makes total sense. Yeah, I find it to be very comforting. Yeah. Uh, and I think I would. When you're having a bad night on the island, pop that in. 100, 100%. Um, and then my other two there's a show that I'm thinking of that if it doesn't show up I'm going to be shocked but okay go for it oh well then you're going to be shocked because the rest of them are movies so (gasps) I'm taking all of Star Wars oh (laughs) wait because like you love like the Clone Wars and stuff like that and the Mandalorian if I had to choose if I had to like narrow it down a bit obviously I'm not going to take the prequels right I'll just take um I'll take Clone Wars, I will take Mandalorian, and I will take um, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, yes. I would take The Force Awakens, Mandalorian, and The Clone Wars. That's so funny. I did think about Star Wars as well, but I think I'm just not quite into it as much as you are. Mm. And also, I haven't seen The Clone Wars, which I know you really, really... Like, those are kind of your fave ones, right? In there? Yeah, I'm pretty into... Okay. I'm also... I literally this weekend started rewatching the Mandalorian. Oh, I mean, I also really like the Mandalorian, but I was like, I need volume. <laughs> Fair. Um, and then I was gonna take Elo Lord of the Rings, but then I'm leaning more toward the MCU. Mm. Um, and if I had to choose the Marvel cinematic universe, like three movies, I would go with, um, Avengers civil war, Avengers Infinity War and Thor Ragnarok. Oh, Thor Ragnarok's a good one. And then my fourth would be Black Panther. Yeah. Those are good ones. Okay, I forgot about Thor Ragnarok. You're right. So Parks and Rec, Pride and Prejudice, (laughs) Ted Lasso, Star Wars, and the MCU. I think that makes total sense. I also thought about Lord of the Rings, Mm. but... I feel like those would almost be a little too depressing. That's what I was thinking. And I've, I've seen them so many times. I haven't seen also any of the Hobbit movies, so then I was like, well, I can't really judge. I mean, uh, similar tone. Okay. So, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it would just be 
I, I need something. Everything in here, in one way or another, is pretty uplifting. Yeah. So I, yeah, I hear you. I went with. No, I think it's smart to have options that are protective of your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I clearly wanted variety for a night when I'm really in a masochistic phase <laughs> where I can just be like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to watch this thing. But then still have, six. still have plenty of backup <laughs> to be like, ha ha ha, yeah. this is fine. Yeah. With, the, with a Seinfeld kind of Sherbert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that I think of it, though, it's so funny. I was like, I totally forgot about Parks and Rec. That's a good one. Yeah. I do think on average, Parks and Rec is a way more uplifting show, certainly than like The Office. Yeah. It's certainly more than Seinfeld. Seinfeld is not actually an uplifting show. Parks and Rec is very hopeful. Yes, yeah. exactly. And Ted Lasso, I totally forgot about that. That's a great one, too. Yeah. Even um, though it's only eight episodes, but it's fine. Oh, God. And then SVU is all just violent sex crimes. Yeah, no. Because as much as I love The Closer or stuff like that, like, I love that stuff. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to find it. I very much took my emotional kind of headspace and my environment hmm. very much into account when I Maybe made Maybe I made list. the wrong choices. No, so. well, you know, I think I am the kind of person, though, that needs a little bit of I, I don't think I can watch uplifting all the time. Like for a second, I was like, should I bring like the Toy Story movies? But I think I need there to be like SVU works for me because there's something horrible, but then they always get their yes. comeuppance in the end. I, I am totally that vindictive it. person. I need that. No, <laughs> I, I need the vengeance. I totally hear you. Um. OK, you know what? That, those were good choices. Those were excellent choices. Thanks. Same for We'd you. both be watching very different things on our islands. We would. <laughs> I mean, pretty some things overlappingly similar, but... Because, uh, like, along with Parson Rec, like, The Office, yeah. Community, all that stuff, I would... Yeah, that's true, But too. of all of them, Parson Rec, I think, for me, edges them out just a little bit. Yes. Um, and I like all the actors a lot in there. Like, Community is a little too... I don't know. Kind of falls off a cliff at the end. Yeah. Parks and Rec is pretty consistent. I agree. So like, yeah. No, that's a good point. It's silly. Um, I hadn't thought of community either because apparently I can't remember any of the TV shows that I've seen. I mean, neither can I. There's so much. <laughs> okay. Cool. Great hypothetical. Did Thanks. you come up with that yourself? I did. Oh my God. You're just a hypothetical machine. Listen, I All the hypotheticals. last night and it's like, <laughs> oh, something the only hypotheticals that i've offered on this podcast which is like 1.5 um, <laughs> they've all just been ones that i googled that's fair i don't have the brain for it i guess i love hypothetical questions that's so funny i never used to be a person that really thought about those things i love it so much you've changed my life because <laughs> i don't have to leave my comfort zone but i can think about leaving my comfort zone and I feel like you get to know people kind of well just based on their answers. That's They're true. Kind of insightful. And and what did you glean from when I said I want to be a fire truck? <laughs> so much. So much. You were like, oh. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the thing. Like, you often will get like things that you expect and then right. there's always something that you don't expect. Like my love of Raymond Cruz from The Closer. <laughs> you know? And also, you're... you're Okay, Shia LaBeouf is good looking. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, he's pretty ripped lately. Oh, yeah. And he, he keeps in really good shape. Yeah. So, you know. All right. 
Thank you so much for listening. I will put uh, Zen's uh, phenomenal screenshots uh, up on uh, uh, Instagram. So check them out. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.